Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Neighborhood Church. Welcome to Saturday Church. Good to see you. Good to see some of you for the, uh, I think, first time since March. So, uh, beautiful. We are going to have to learn to talk different around here and use different language. Uh, we have talked a lot about our weekend, but things are changing. We are going to have to start talking about our week. Uh, this week, effective now, we have church Saturday night at 6. Church here at 11 a.m. tomorrow. All Nations is online at present. And then 6.20 p.m. Monday evening at... Uh, the Northridge Community Center in Martinsville will be having church on Monday evening. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, lots of options. Uh, we're excited about that. And so when you go away for the weekend, come visit us in Martinsville on Monday night. And uh, just come visit us anytime on Monday night and encourage that uh, group as we get established. They handed out a bunch of diplomas this weekend from Horizon College. And Logan and Pastor Joel and Pastor Donna are officially recognized now as graduates from Horizon College and Seminary. Yeah, give my hand. Good work. Beautiful. Excited for all of you and uh, proud of all of you and especially proud of you, Mrs. Trisner. Well done, quite a journey. Water baptismal month in November, and if you have not yet been baptized in water, this is a great opportunity for you. Uh, just fill out your Connect card. Uh, Pastor Yasmin will talk about how you can do that a little later in the service, or talk to any of the pastors too. Uh, we are having a COVID-safe baptism. We've got some really smart people on our church board of deacons, including doctors and registered nurses, and uh, we're going to do it safely. But we recognize baptismal baptisms bring crowds, so we're spreading it out over the month and just doing uh, one or two in each service. So if you have not been baptized, uh, see us about water baptism as well. Well, we're going to open the word in a moment. And uh, I, I, I want to, before we do that, just warn us all of something. It's really easy to open the scriptures to prove our theology. That's the wrong approach. We open the scriptures to form our theology. We can find proof texts for almost anything. 
we open the word of God to form our theology to determine what God has to say about God. So we don't go into the word of God uh, to uh, determine uh, what we think God should look like. We go into the word of God to uh, determine what he says he looks like. Completely different. So let's be careful tonight to be open to what the Holy Spirit would want to say to us. Can we pray? Ah, Father, what an honor to sit and stand before these people tonight. Thank you for each one of them. And we just want to together say to you this evening that we really need you, Lord. And we need you to help us uh, bring life to what your word would want to teach us and tell us and say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're spending five weekends in a row. We started last weekend on the subject, Take Up the Challenge. Take Up the Challenge. And I believe the challenges we're going to share with you are biblical truths that can really change everything for you if you just really let these truths grip your heart and grip how you live and, and see life. I uh, also want you to understand that this is going to be painful because I'm going to ask you to stretch some spiritual muscles that maybe you're not used to using. And you know what it is like in the realm of the physical to go back to the fitness room when you've been ignoring it for three years. And you go in there and the next day it hurts. The next day it's a little hard to move because you haven't been using these muscles. We're going to ask you to begin to exercise five spiritual muscles that maybe you haven't been exercising or using all that much. And so we presented the first challenge to you last weekend. And all of these are based out of this great little book of Philippians. Philippians 4 and verse number 4. Rejoice in the Lord when you're having really good days. That's what most of us do, and that's why this muscle isn't very strong. Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say again, <laughs> rejoice. So we have challenged you over the last week to begin to develop that muscle uh, where you are rejoicing in the Lord all ways. Philippians, the theme of the book of Philippians is really joy, and we read these interesting words in Philippians chapter 3, verse 1, uh, New Living Translation. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, whatever happens, what are you supposed to do? No matter what happens, whatever happens, what do you do? Rejoice in the Lord. 
I never get tired of telling you these things. Never get tired of you telling you to rejoice in the Lord. Whatever happens, what do you do? You rejoice in the Lord. And why is Paul so insistent on this? I do it to safeguard your faith. Your faith will not be safeguarded. Your faith will not be protected if you allow yourself to become a miserable, grumbling Christian. Because miserable, grumbling Christians are not living and acting in faith. Faith has confidence that God's got things. God's got things under control. So, whatever happens, brothers and sisters, whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. And Paul tells us that because he's concerned for us that we safeguard our faith. This life we live in Christ is this untrammeled, unmitigated joy. So I hope you've stretched your muscles a bit this week. I hope you had a couple of times this week when you felt a bit like getting sad and depressed and discouraged. And he said, no, 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 not gonna do that. I'm going to Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, (laughs) rejoice. So that's the first muscle we've been challenged to begin to to use. And now we're going to stretch you again tonight with the second muscle. You ready? Or is that enough pain for you? Philippians chapter 4 and verse 5, next verse. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Gentle. Gentle is uh, the Greek word epiikes, 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 epiikes. Very strange word. This word is richer than the English language has the capacity to translate. This word is richer than the English language has capacity to translate. And to show you what I mean by that, and forgive me here, I'm going to spend more time on this than I normally would, but I think we really need to grasp this. I'm going to take you for a little bit of a journey uh, through a few translations to show you how deep this word, epi case, is in the Greek and how different, different translations have translated it. So let me start with the English Standard Version uh, and how it is translated here. So click. Reasonableness. Huh. New American Standard Version says gentle. 
English Standard Version says reasonableness. New Living Translation, what's it do with it? Considerate. This is a rich Greek word that the English language can't, doesn't know what to do with. Uh, amplified classic. Unselfishness. Gentle, reasonable, considerate, unselfish. Let's go to the Christian Standard Bible. CSB translates it graciousness. Now, sometimes you get two versions or three versions up and you'll find they're rotating one or two words around, but I got five words I'm dealing with here already. Phillips, J.V. Phillips translation. Tolerance. Hmm. King James Version portion I memorized it out of. Let your moderation be known unto all men. So that's what I memorized as a, as a late teenager. And was I ever confused when I picked up another one and said, I'm not supposed to be uh, moderate. I'm supposed to be gentle. Let your moderation be known to all men. And then Luther translates it Lindigkeit. In his German translation, and that probably doesn't help you much, Lindigkeit, but it means yieldedness. Yieldedness. So we've got this very complicated muscle we have to begin to develop, and one word doesn't do it. One word doesn't do it. L.H. Marshall had this to say about uh, that word. Oh, Wycliffe, patience, sorry. Uh, this word meaning is best described as fair-mindedness, the attitude of a man who is charitable towards man's faults and merciful in his judgment of their failings, because he takes their whole situation into his reckoning. This is the muscle we have to begin to develop, this fair-mindedness, charitable towards man's faults, merciful in our judgment of them. John MacArthur, and I don't agree with everything John MacArthur says, but I read them lots because there's lots of thought he's put in. He says uh, this word, epi case, case, is sweet reasonableness, generosity, goodwill, friendliness, magnanimity, charity towards the fault of others, mercy towards the failures of others, indulgence of the failures of others, leniency, big-heartedness, moderation, forbearance, and gentleness are some of the attempts to capture the rich meaning of this word. Adam Clark's commentary uh, says it's mildness, patience, yieldingness, gentleness, clemency, moderation, 
Oh, this is interesting. Unwillingness to litigate or contend. <sighs> so if I use every one of those words every time I'm trying to get you to stretch the muscle tonight, we're going to be here to midnight. So I've made an arbitrary decision. And this is what I'm going to call it tonight. Uh, gentle graciousness. Gentle graciousness. Gentle graciousness. Let your gentle graciousness be known to all men. The Lord is near. Gentle graciousness. This adds meat to the exercise we asked you to take up a challenge on last week. Rejoice in the Lord always. But you know, unless you're a really gregarious pers person, it can be hard to tell if you're rejoicing. I know you look at me and you're not going to believe it, but most of the time I'm pretty joyful. Maybe it doesn't always look like that. Joyfulness can be a bit hard to measure. Unless you understand that the meat that begins to manifest itself, the meat that begins to show up on the bones when you're practicing and exercising, rejoicing, is this gentle graciousness. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, again I say it, rejoice, let your gentle graciousness be known to all men. So, first phrase we've looked at is this word gentle spirit. We've realized this is a very complex word. To keep it a bit simpler tonight, and this is not really even diving into the depths of the word, but to keep it simple tonight, we're going to challenge us towards gentle graciousness. Who do we let this gentle graciousness manifest itself? To the good-looking guys. People we think are smart. We're gracious with the people who laugh at our jokes. No. We practice gentle graciousness with all men. All men, no exceptions, no wiggle room. We practice gentle 
graciousness to all men. No exceptions. No excuses. You ever noticed it's really hard to be a full-time Christian? <laughs> Let alone a full-time pastor. My uh, character flaws tend to show up in drive throughs What do you want, sir? London fog? You want coffee? London fog! Oh, you want cream with your coffee? No! London fog! Oh, so you don't want cream? London fog, please. And then I hear my conscience that sits in the passenger seat say, Be gentle, Pastor. Be gentle, Pastor. It's hard to consistently practice gentle graciousness. But we, my friends, are called to live and practice this thing called gentle graciousness, this reasonableness, this patience, this mildness. wonder how many disasters in history have been diverted because there was somebody in the crowd who didn't buckle under the stress. And they maintained control and gentle graciousness and didn't lose their reasonableness. They, they kept their EPAI uh, case. They, they just managed to stay under control. Let your gentle graciousness be known. The executive who can walk into the boardroom when the company and the staff are going through hard and difficult times and, and say, hey guys, hey gang, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going to make it through this. We're just going to dig deep, and together we are going to make it happen. This is the kind of thing, the kind of spirit that this verse is talking about. The people of God who have this contagious calm 
this reasonable gentleness about them. That's the muscle, the spiritual muscle. Paul is inviting us to take up the challenge and begin to develop in our lives. The third phrase in in this uh, challenge that I, I want to point out. Uh, next slide. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. So <laughs> you have this gentle graciousness. You exhibit it to all men. And, and we're supposed to be known for that supposed to be known for that as the people of God. We're not the people who walk into a room and add fire to the fire. We're people who walk into the room and we carry with us a gentle graciousness. Let your gentle graciousness be known unto all men. Wow. Are you hurting yet? 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 1 talking about uh, Jesus I, Paul, myself urge you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. What, what's the Jesus we follow like? How's he described? I urge you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. We know all kinds of things about Jesus. We know his mission. Uh, we, we know what he came to do. We know about the miracles. There's only one time when he kind of opens up his chest, unveil, un, unveils his soul, and tells us what he's like inside. And we read about that in the Gospel of Matthew. And uh, you know this verse, but Matthew chapter 11 and verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. That's our Lord. That's our Lord. Let your gentle graciousness be known, just like it was known in Jesus, be known unto all men. First Peter uh, chapter uh, 3, I think it is. I'm going to know in a second when the slide comes up. First Peter chapter 3, uh, 2, uh, verse 23. And while being reviled, this is talking about Jesus, he did not revile in return. 
While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Didn't litigate, didn't get even, didn't return pain for pain, uttered no threats. He just kept trusting his father. Just kept trusting his father. And why is this recorded for us? Verse number 21. Since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow. So what happens when we're suffering? What happens when we're going through hard times? What happens when things are happening in our life that we don't wish were, we wish weren't happening? What do we do? We rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say it, rejoice. And then what do we do? We let our gentle graciousness be known unto all men. Uh, finished our 30th week of strength for the day. 9 a.m., a little 9 or 10-minute devotional we do for those who want to listen in. I think it was Wednesday morning. Maybe it was Thursday morning. It was Thursday morning because it was the 15th. Donna was talking about gentleness. And uh, she had read a book, I can't remember the title of the book, but in the book he asked the question, if you could define 2020 in one word, what would you define it with? If you could define 2020 in one word, what would you define it as? Chaos? Outrage? Fear, anger, polarizing. What, what word would you use? <laughs> None of us are thinking of gentle. We've seen pain, we've seen rioting, we've seen beatings, we've seen knees on necks. This has not been a year where gentle graciousness has won the day. But I want to suggest to you, friends, that this should have and can still be an opportunity for the church to shine. If in the middle of all the chaos and all the anger and all the polarization and all of the protesting, we will go out amongst with gentle graciousness. Let your 
this is a hard muscle to build, friends. But let's us, let us exhibit gentle graciousness to all man. We have something to offer the world. Epi, epi, I case, epi, I case. We will go and exhibit a graciousness, a mildness, a kindness, a graciousness, a moderation when the world around us is going nuts. I can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. Yeah, you can. <laughs> and here's why you can do it. Fourth phrase, because the Lord is near. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. Little double entendre here. Some people think when Paul wrote that, he's talking about Jesus' return is really, really close. And maybe that's what he's talking about. I don't know that I can prove that for sure. <laughs> but I have no trouble interpreting it at face value, which just says, the Lord is near. He's with us. He's with us. And when the storms and the troubles and the problems and the challenges and the difficulties of life come to us and we need to find some place where we can go to exhibit gentle graciousness, we don't have to run somewhere. We just have to say, Lord, Lord, Help me right now. Because he is near. I had the privilege this, uh, this fall to teach at Horizon College and Seminary a little bit. And uh, this Wednesday was the first time we were back together as a class and, and I asked the students what they were thankful for. And I heard some really good <laughs> celebrations of joy and thankfulness from the students. And then I wasn't expecting this. They threw it back at me and said, and Pastor John, what are you thankful for? Of course, the situation and the circumstance and the time of day probably makes us answer that question differently every time, but I was surprised what came out of my mouth. I said, I'm so thankful. So thankful that lately I've been more and more aware of God's withness. 
I'm thankful for God's withness. Friends, he's always, always, always near. And so I was watching the national on Wednesday evening and as I was watching the national the story of Joshua Telemachy came up. Joshua had turned 18 last Wednesday graduated from his high school in the Toronto area this week or last year, sorry, and now it was time to celebrate. And uh, went and picked up his yearbook because the yearbook was ready. And on his yearbook page, he'd submitted a tribute to his grandma who had helped raise him and had shaped him, he said, more than anyone else in my life. She taught me how to live. But that tribute wasn't in the yearbook. It had somehow been uh, replaced with a racial slur about a gorilla that had been killed in Cincinnati, in the Cincinnati Zoo. And I listened to this young man's response. And I think I saw Epi case. And Joshua's being interviewed and he's not trying to get a riot started. He's saying, you know, we need to understand not everyone in this world is evil. And I was so impressed with him, I wrote down his last words as he was interviewed by the reporter asked what he wanted to say. He said, spread kindness, show love to everyone. It could help someone a lot. let's develop the spiritual muscle that allows us to go out in the midst of all the turmoil and the pain and the disappointment of our world and share and show gentle graciousness to all men.
can't do it? Yes, you can. Because the Lord is near. Let's stand. to as the worship band prepares to come back and lead us in worship we intentionally are keeping the front end of our service shorter so we can linger in God's presence after the word has been preached and really let him speak to us you're here and maybe this message is Something you've never heard much about, never thought about. Maybe you haven't thought much about God and Jesus and how he fits into your life. I want you to know right now that the Lord is near. The Lord is right with you right now. And God made you not to do your own thing, not to live a self-centered life, getting what you want. God made you to live for Him and enjoy fellowship with Him. Send His Son to forgive you for everything you've ever done in your life. Never hold it against you. If you're here tonight and you've never taken advantage of that offer, Jesus would say to you tonight, I'm right here, I'm with you, I'm near. And I'd love to come and be your savior, be your friend, walk with you through life, be your Lord and be your master. You're here tonight and you've never made that decision. We'd invite you to make it tonight. We really would. I'll talk to you about how to do that a little later. Secondly, we need to just make the decision right now because life is so rooted in the choices we make. We need to make the choice. We need to make the choice that we are going to go out into this city, into this community, into the communities around this city that we live in. And we're going to practice gentle graciousness. We're not going to be a bunch of mean, mad, ranting, raving protesters. We're going to practice gentle graciousness. And then I'd challenge you to make a third decision. Why don't you find a group, one of the neighborhood groups this week, and and get together with a group for an hour or so and really discuss all this stuff and figure out how it applies to our lives. Let's worship together now. Let's honor the Lord with our worship. Thank you, Chelsea. We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. 
If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.